Welcome to the Resources for Integrated Care webinar, Successfully Engaging Members in Planned Governance. This podcast is extracted from a webinar presented live on January 30th, 2019. In this podcast, we will hear from Christina Rossi, the Director of Consumer Experience at CareSource, and Robin Rohr, the Insight Manager at CareSource. They will discuss and share information regarding the structure of CareSource's council and how they have recruited members to serve on them and examples of influence and value they've had on plan operations. Hi, thank you. This is Chris, and I lead the Consumer Experience Department at CareSource. Robin and I are pleased to share our approach for creating successful advisory councils today. Next slide, please. CareSource, I wanted to offer a bit of a context about CareSource. Uh, We are a nonprofit, mission-based managed care organization founded in Dayton, Ohio in 1989. We serve approximately 2 million members across four different product lines, and we are in five different states or markets as we refer to them. As a company, we focus on the most vulnerable populations, with our largest volume of membership being in Medicaid. Our MyCare demonstration, which is relevant to our topic today, is based in three regions in Northeast Ohio, which is the Cleveland area, and has approximately 30,000 MyCare members. Next slide, please. Our consumer advisory councils are part of a larger strategy within CareSource to collect and act on member and provider feedback. The Consumer Experience, or CX department, manages our advisory councils in most of our markets of business, and that includes MyCare. Within our department, we have staff who are responsible for ensuring success. Uh, As Mark mentioned earlier, advisory councils are a very large effort, and we want to make sure that they're meaningful for our members as well as for our business owners. What you'll see here is kind of a large-scale process flow that shows you how we use feedback that we collect. So the first part of our process is that the CX department collects qualitative and quantitative feedback across all product lines and markets. We collect this information via surveys and other methods, including the advisory councils. The second part of our overall process involves sharing that information back with our market leaders and business owners. Uh, So we share detailed summaries with uh, with those leaders And we also regularly share uh, overview summaries with the entire organization via our internal website. We try to be as transparent as possible with our staff about the information that we gather about our members. And finally, the goal of sharing this feedback is really to drive improvements. So accountable parties form action plans to address areas of opportunity that are identified through these various methods. Now I'm gonna hand off to Robin Rohr, a senior insight manager within the consumer experience department. Robin has played a lead role in developing and refining our member advisory council approach. Thanks, Chris. As Chris mentioned, we conduct quarterly council meetings in each of the three regions we serve our dual eligible members. The meetings are 90 minutes each and we follow an interactive focus group style format. In addition to the MyCare member and family caregiver attendees, we also include community advocates and local ombudsmen. The meetings are well attended by CareSource employees that Chris had mentioned. These employees might be care managers, those in positions of leadership at CareSource, and others for whom the discussion topics might be hyper-relevant. 
So for example, if we're getting feedback on the effectiveness of a particular member communication piece, the marketing team member responsible for this document would come to hear the member feedback directly. As another example, during last quarter's meetings, we conducted user testing of our new website. A few of our digital strategy team members came to the meetings to watch the members interact with the new platform. And through this exercise, we also learned a lot about our members' online habits and the challenges that many of our non-computer literate members face. Next slide, please. Our member meetings have evolved a lot in the last four to five years to be true advisory meetings. We think of them as ongoing focus groups, which really helps to guide our approach and gain insight to drive improvement strategies. We found that the best meeting locations are free or low-cost facilities that are well-known and easily accessible. So places like community centers, YMCAs, libraries, and senior centers work very well. Meeting times that are scheduled around the lunch hour also make it convenient for the members to attend. Uh, evening meetings are sometimes necessary, though, to accommodate members' schedules as well. So to, to maintain diversity, we randomly recruit members who are mapped to be within a close radius to the meeting facility. So if they live within a 15 or so minute commute, they're more likely to come to the meeting. We also make sure the location is close to a bus stop when possible. Our goal is to land on an established group of members, as Aetna does, um, who consistently return to the quarterly meetings. By having established members, you're able to build upon learnings over time and work very collaboratively on developing new initiatives with this group. Catherine talked a lot about the ways they do that as well. If different members come to each of the meetings, it's much more difficult to do this. When establishing a new council, it might be necessary to cast a wide net for the first few meetings. We may mail invitations to 3,000 members in order to get 10 to attend. But if they see value in the meeting, they're very likely to return to the next one. After a few rounds of this initial recruiting, you should be able to land on an established group of around 15 or so who will return to the upcoming meetings. Our goal is to have around 10 members at each meeting for an ideal focus group format. To prepare members to participate effectively, orientation and training is provided to the new groups to set expectations and provide motivation. A few expectations we set for council members is that they're active participants and that they share their feedback. We also set the expectation that CareSource will utilize their feedback and drive improvements from their feedback. We collaborated with Community Catalyst and a state advocacy group to provide the training to our councils. As part of this training, the members help create rules of engagement for meetings, such as giving attention to the person speaking and limiting sidebar conversations. These rules of engagement were really helpful, and we were printed them onto a poster board and displayed them as a reminder at each meeting. In addition, conversations around what contributes to the success of an advisory council, as well as their hopes and fears about participation in that council, were also included in the training. Advisory council t-shirts were designed and provided to the groups. They're worn to each meeting, and they really help bond everyone as a group. The CareSource employees also wear the t-shirts to help provide a level playing field, and they make the members feel more comfortable, and the members really do love wearing those shirts. Next slide, please. The Consumer Experience Department has strong relationships across the company that we leverage to ensure that we're getting the most valuable insight from members to drive improvements. Meeting topics often include current and future member communication pieces, digital tools such as our website or mobile app, 
and programs and services we provide, much like Aetna. In order to demonstrate that we're listening and taking action on their feedback, we begin each meeting with an update on what we've done as a result of the feedback received at the previous quarter's meeting. So we find that this is kind of our secret sauce for ensuring that members return to the meetings, and it's a chance to demonstrate that we're listening and that their feedback really does make a difference. We also always reserve time in the agenda to allow for members to bring up their own topics for discussion, and we have care management staff in attendance to help individual members troubleshoot issues that they may be having after the meeting as well. When and if a member brings up a personal health question in the broad group discussion, we let them know that we respect their privacy and that someone is there to listen and assist after the meeting. We want the member to feel heard, but we're cautious not to derail the meeting or violate anyone's privacy, even if they bring up the issue for discussion. And this is always a great time to get those care managers and attendants involved. Next slide, please. To implement a successful advisory council program, it's important to include the appropriate individuals, both externally and internally. From an external perspective, community partners such as the ombudsman are able to listen to our member feedback and they can also inform us about issues that may be of relevance to our members. The advisory councils also provide the perfect opportunity for our internal stakeholders to hear member perspectives firsthand. So these stakeholders might be from marketing, digital strategy, transportation, or really any other relevant area. They often attend the meetings in person, and for those who can't attend, we do offer videotapes and written transcripts of all meetings. Full summary reports are written and shared across the enterprise as well, as Chris had mentioned. Across our company, we strive to incorporate the members' perspective in as many of our initiatives as possible, and we find these meetings to be one of the best ways to gain this insight. Care management staff are always on hand at all meetings to address member questions and help them troubleshoot individual issues or barriers if needed too. The consumer experience team has dedicated staff, as Chris had mentioned, for planning and executing the quarterly meetings. As we expanded the use of advisory councils across many of our products and states, we began partnering with a research vendor specialized in focus group facilitation to help us manage the administration of the councils. So this vendor manages the more labor-intensive tasks, such as sending reminder invitations, managing RSVPs, ordering food, and making reminder calls. However, CareSource and the consumer experience team remains really actively engaged, and we often co-moderate along with the vendor at the meetings. Next slide. An example of how we've put our member feedback into action can be seen in our Where to Go for Care magnet. Over several meetings, we noticed a pattern that showed that many members didn't fully understand the range of care options available to them. Therefore, they weren't, were often defaulting to the emergency room for many of their care needs. The consumer experience and my care teams work together to counsel, gather counsel feedback about how members decide where to get care, what barriers they face, and how we could help to better educate them and influence their behavior. Next slide. Members suggested including high-level information regarding the various places they can seek care for their needs, with examples of the types of services offered at these points of care. They also helped us to determine the best names for the points of care. We changed our reference of retail clinic to convenience care clinic, for example, because it was more familiar and intuitive to the members. While this graphic is appropriate to use in a variety of communication channels, such as the newsletter or on our website, the members felt that a magnet format would be the most useful and durable way to communicate this information. 
They also wanted to be able to place it on the refrigerator where they'd easily be able to find it when they needed it. Our care managers currently provide this magnet to members during face-to-face -face visits, and it's really well liked by the members. The magnets are also now being piloted with some of our Ohio Medicaid members, and the impact's currently being assessed. Each year, we strive to partner with the advisory councils to drive at least one key initiative like this. These are really big wins for our members, and they provide our councils with an example of the impact they're having on their health plan and the lives of our members. We've learned a lot over the last several years about the strategies for implementing successful advisory councils, and we really appreciate the opportunity to share this with you today. Thank you for listening. This podcast is presented by the Lewin Group and is supported through the Medicare and Medicaid Coordination Office at the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. MMCO is dedicated to helping beneficiaries enrolled in Medicare and Medicaid have access to seamless, high-quality health care that includes a full range of covered services in both programs. To support providers in their efforts to deliver more integrated and coordinated care, MMCO is developing technical assistance and actionable tools based on successful innovations and care models. To learn more about the current efforts and resources, please visit our website or follow us on Twitter for more details. Our Twitter handle is at integrate underscore care.